You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. I am your host, faithful as always. You're going to learn in this episode today how to, uh, about a set of house rules to make your visionary integrator or CEO, COO relationship rock. Uh, with that, I just pause, ask you guys for this commercial break to, to pause this podcast or this video, uh, subscribe, leave a review, five stars preferably, wherever it is that you're listening to this, follow, like, whatever it is that they let you do on whatever platform you're watching or listening to this. Uh, it'll definitely help uh, me, help the show, and get to more people by doing that. So please do so. Uh, with that, I want to get to introducing our guests today. Two guests, two weeks in a row we're going to be doing this. It's been a long time before that since we had done it. Um, but our guest today, very, very special. Not often we get to do this. We have to get the, both the visionary and the integrator, CEO and the COO, or I'm not sure if that's technically the titles they use, but uh, you get the idea uh, from a digital marketing and SEO firm called Rocket Clicks. Uh, they are actually the sponsor of the upcoming Entrepreneurial Operating System EOS conference in April. Where I look forward to meeting them in person. And, uh, and you can find out more about them and what they do uh, with their firm at rocketclicks.com. That's spelled exactly how it sounds. So with that, I give you Tyler Dolph and Nicole Menneke. How are you all doing? Awesome, Beth. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's great to uh, see you again. Yes, good to see you. And uh, and with that, I guess I'll just ask, and you know, either one of you could start uh, just to give me a quick like two minute background, where you came from, how you came to be doing what you're doing in Rocket Clicks, but but really, we're not even going to be focusing per se on that marketing aspect as much as your own visionary integrator relationship, um, but. Anyway, how did you get from wherever you were, stuff that's maybe people can't see on LinkedIn? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, ben, Nicole, and I have the unique privilege of leading an incredible group of very talented digital marketers here at Rocket Clicks. And we've had a, a fun journey navigating the, the EOS waters in, in our own business and in, in implementing that. And uh, I am fortunate to have Nicole on our team. She's been with Rocket Click since before we even had a name. And I know she has some, some background on how this whole relationship started. Yeah, it's, when you said, hey, give us a two minute on you, uh, give, give, give some time how you introduced EOS. And then, well, how did we come to this house rules? It's all very- you might, not you, know, even need, you might not even need two minutes to cover all of that. <laughs> Maybe 90 seconds, you could probably, it doesn't sound like much. Than that. Yeah, it's all really intertwined. And I think we all have the story, right? We all have the story of the dysfunctional relationship or the really functional relationship. And and really, so for me, I, I Tyler alluded to, I, I started before we even had a name um, and I built, you know, helped build this agency uh, primarily focused on the PPC side, the digital advertising side. Um, and what over the years, there was a lot of leadership changing and a lot of shifting and a lot of changing of direction. And so as I I took on more. I was a director of the PPC department. We had, um, uh, I think, three or four different presidents. So with each president brought a new direction that we're going into. Mm -hmm. And so around the time Tyler actually joined, uh, we really started embarking on the EOS journey. Um, and so it became really clear of that roles, that visionary and integrator role. Uh, and it's, and what's, it, e what's EOS? What does that mean? 
For the, those yeah, who are not familiar. Yeah, the entrepreneurial operating system, it makes, it simplifies business. You don't have to spend your time doing a 50 page business plan, but it really asks you to look at the most important elements of your business and get those in real, like a really strong place. And it adds clarity and accountability through the organization. I'll say um, that just from the, the CEO lens, EOS is a framework that allows hyperactive leaders to put a structure in place to, to keep everything moving in the right direction while we as CEOs think of the, the greatest ideas each, each and every day uh, and, and making sure that those, those ideas have a place to live and um, flourish. I do, I do, I do compare my, uh, I do compare some of the, I'm an integrator myself and a fractional integrator. I do compare some of the visionaries I work with to like a herding, like a bag of cats. Oh yeah. Trying to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. No. Yeah. And so I think what, you know, being vulnerable with you, I think me coming, being on the agency within the agency for eight years, Tyler comes walking in and all of a sudden it's becoming clear that Tyler is now going to be the named visionary and, and integrator. And we had, mm -hmm. we definitely had some conflict and opinion uh, to be totally fair. I actually didn't want to hire him. I, I actually said, you know what? I don't think we need this right now. I don't think we need this right now. And, um, and so Tyler and I started in the, you know, so of course I'm coming from a place of skepticism. Oh, it's just another president. Don't worry. He'll be gone in another year or so. Um, really, we don't need, you know, we, we'll just, I'll just keep going my course. You know, I'll keep pushing the business in that direction. And I think, um, you know, we really looked at it and there was half implementation of EOS, which is always a nightmare, right? Because EOS is never good for every company, but really in its purest form is good for every company, you know, to, to really implement and lean into. Um, and so I really think, as Tyler and I were navigating this brand new relationship, it's not like we built the agency together and we're trying to now pick it up together. Right, that's unusual. And run. That's interesting. It's also unusual that the visionary came in like after the integrator. That's yeah. very unusual. I mean, EOS is maybe the only other like well-known example where, you know, where Kelly Knight helped pick Mark O'Donnell mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, as the visionary. It posed unique challenges because Nicole had done a phenomenal job of running Rocket Clicks and 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 had processes and procedures in place that I either thought were great or, or didn't agree with. And, and navigating being a young new leader to a, to a young thriving organization uh, posed opportunities for conflict and conversation. And. Mm -hmm. The entire organization of Rocket Clicks owes Nicole a, a debt of gratitude for, for putting up with, with all of this and, and me included. Um, but we found that we had to we had to, to make it work because we both loved the people here. We loved our clients. And we said, okay, well, what can we do as individuals, as the leaders of this company? Uh, and we, we looked at it as akin to a family, right? If, if mom and dad are fighting at the top, that's never going to work for, right. for everyone yeah. um, along with us. And, and so we said, well, let, let's yeah. figure it out. It, it's very much our personalities to, to run towards the fire and, uh, and create solves. Yeah. So it's, it, we have this story, this, and I think every single really close leadership relationship has it. We have this make or break moment in our career. We're both in Ireland. We're visiting a client. We're in the most beautiful, it was so beautiful. It was wonderful, but we were miserable. We were 
like passive aggressively fighting with each other, playing this tug of war. And like we, at the end, at the end of the trip, we're sitting in the airport and we just look at each other like, we got to figure this out or don't, right? We have to figure out a way to not just coexist, but have our world come together and lean into what makes us who we are, which are is an incredibly far way integrator and incredibly far the other side visionary. And wow. how do we figure it out? And that's where the house rules really came from. Well, obviously perfect. Um, perfect segue and really just appreciate y'all's candor and, you know, and vulnerability and honesty with, you know, not making it look to the outside world like, oh, we were always perfect and everything's, you know, we got it all under control. Everything's always been that way. Uh, so let, let's take some of these house rules one by one. I'll just, uh, Ben, before we jump into the house rules, I, I think that what you said is is akin to why we were able to be successful. You know, EOS is a framework, like I said before. Having the, the opportunity to be vulnerable and to be transparent allows us to have the relationship that we had today. If we both were hard-headed and we said, well, I'm right and it is what it is, well, then it, it never would have worked. So the, again, mm -hmm. the house rules are a framework uh, just like EOS, but it's the vulnerability and, and the, the candidness that allows it to, to really flourish. Right. No, I definitely see how that could be. I mean, it's, so it's, it's kind of like the foundation under which these house rules, which are like the building, you know, kind of rests and couldn't, couldn't, th couldn't, couldn't thrive otherwise and you know and it's just that open and honest that EOS always talks about but you know, I guess if you didn't have the quality or the ability to do that or to at least be able to do that you know you wouldn't have got you, you wouldn't have been able to make it work for sure so let's go let's go people want to know what are these house rules they want to maybe imitate them or learn from them so uh, let's start with the first one what is it yeah, so we grouped all 10 rules. So there's 10 rules. And oh, we grouped okay. them into four pillars. Wondering. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you know me, it had to be an even number and they had to be themed. So um, right. the, well, the 10 <laughs> commandments of rocket. Yes. <laughs> so the first set, the first two rules really fall under communication tools. Uh, and the first one's one of my favorites, Brene Brown. In Christ, she's like my life goal. Um, she has something called the shitty first draft. And we use this religiously throughout the entire company. Actually, now it's become very familiar. You know, familiar across the team. And basically it's saying, what, when you said that, what did I actually hear? Not the words that came out of your mouth, but how am I interpreting this? And sometimes you let that shitty first draft or, or crummy first draft sit in this space in your head and you're unable to hear another word afterwards. And so we, if there's ever anything that we're talking about and we feel that hook in your stomach, like something's wrong here, we stop and say, okay, what's your shitty first draft on that? And say, okay, what I'm hearing you say. So for example, Tyler came to yeah, me. Yeah, I would love that. I love yeah. an example. This is like interesting. <laughs> so Tyler came to me and said, are you sure you should be doing that? And I immediately in my head said, you are challenging me as a leader, as a time manager, at prioritizing the right thing for the team. I'm putting the company at jeopardy because I'm putting things ahead of the, you know, so of course your brain goes wild of what you think they meant. And, Tyler, and so after I was able to share this shitty first draft, Tyler then looked at me and said, oh my gosh, I was saying, do you need my help? Should we, should we get somebody else involved? Is there another resource that we can bring in? So it wasn't challenging my decision-making. It was saying, how can I help support you? And so we did this very poorly the first two years until mm -hmm. we had a shared vocabulary 
And that now we just say, hey, permission to share the SFD, right? Permission to share. And then we say, okay, let's get, get it out of the way. And then we can move forward and have a productive conversation. I think the, the <laughs> beauty of the City First Draft is it empowers people to, without fear of resentment or backlash, to actually say what's on their mind to actually communicate in a way that is transparent, open and vulnerable yeah. without, without the normal fear of, am I gonna be judged by actually saying what I think? Tyler, do you have a story from the visionaries? Because I could find it easier to relate to Nicole in this story, but do you have a story from the visionary perspective of something that Nicole said where you were like, hey, what's the SFD? Or, or she asks you, hey, what was the SFD of what you just heard me say? Uh, nothing specific. We can come back to it. If, if, yeah, if, it feels like that's our like every the day. Pressure really, it, it feels like it's our every day. You know, I'm I'm fortunate to to be able to work with Nicole on a, on an everyday basis, and we've developed such a tight relationship that our entire communication structure is built on shitty for draft. So we don't have to say it anymore. We can just we can just communicate in a way that's that's really transparent and, and vulnerable. But uh, early on, you mean just, you, you, what do you mean? Saying, is you mean she'll skip the, hey, what were you doing? And just go straight to the- This is what I'm explanation hearing. Explanation of- What I'm hearing, what I'm hearing you say right now or what I'm feeling right. you're saying right now. <laughs> right, the listener might say that, right. Let's just to say it. But it's, it's saying it on the front end, especially in new relationships or when you're building those relationships, giving the permission to use the shitty first draft, again, empowers that vulnerability. I could, I could see how that would be because usually you don't want to share what you're put in the first person. Usually I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't share what I'm hearing or what I'm hearing are the implications of what you just said, mm -hmm. because then I feel like you're going to think I'm extreme or you're going to think I'm uh, flying off the handle or, or going overboard or something. I don't know what, but you're going to judge me based on, you know, I don't know, based on what I say that I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. so, and I think it's, no, with it, it's, it's really less powerful. accusatory, right? It's more a conversation. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. I don't hear you are meaning this. This is how I'm interpreting it. So it gives the other person the opportunity to say, whoa, let's take a step back. Part of this is true. This part is not. And then we can really dig into why. I, I, just tying back to your question about examples, I, and I'm realizing other visionaries sometimes need to talk out their thoughts. I, I have trouble formulating a solid thought in my head and then explaining it in a very clear manner. Sure. I will sometimes need to just talk through it. And- It's not your you, final draft. That's when it. You so say so not. permission to say, hey, just hear me out. And then giving her the permission to say, here's what I heard, allows us to really get on the same page quickly and then take the next step. Because ultimately what we're doing and we're having our conversations, it's solving a problem or moving an objective forward. So we can talk through that faster then we can move those things further faster. Right. Mm -hmm. It yeah, also works exactly. at home, by the way. And it works yeah. in my marriage all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That that is, that is true. And I'm, you know, and I'm also inclined to maybe misread things that a visionary would say in a similar way, where I view it as like, well, I wouldn't say something unless I've decided that's what I think. Exactly. But if you're talking to somebody who 
just I'm just sharing with you, you know, version three out of 27 of what I'm thinking, then, you know, it doesn't have to be looked at that like as my judgment or my opinion, quote unquote, with a capital letter over opinion. Or number two, rule number which, two. Which really rolls in beautiful to number two. And this is okay. one of our, this is one of our favorites. Um, it is scale of one to care. And so this very scale obvious, especially one? when I was, one to care, scale of one okay. to care. And so I told you we were doing this weird tug of war when I was talking about in Ireland and all that we wanted to be the decision maker and do this. And, and what we said is, okay, we are going to have a scale system. And when we have to make a difficult decision or there's a certain idea that we put on the table, we say scale of one to care, I am an eight. Scale of one to care, I am a two. And so all of a sudden we see how how firmly we're passionately behind something. And that goes into the multiple drafts. Tyler could say, scale of one to care. I'm like a two because I haven't thought this through yet, but I think it's a good idea. Then I know that he's not super committed to it or is running it down the tape somewhere else. But if, hey, deck polish, something that we did in a presentation is an eight or a nine, I'm like, is this something that I want to push back on? Do I care enough to push back? And so it's defining where our care level is anytime we come to a difficult decision. And it's really allowed us to alleviate unnecessary arguments because sometimes in our role, we'll feel like we'll need to be the devil's advocate. Like we'll need to just communicate the other side of an issue because we rely on each other for that. But utilizing a scale of one to care, she, uh, she can come to me with like, hey, I really want to get new computers for the team. Where are you out on this? And I can say, I'm a two, run with it. And then I'm out of it. I get a deep, you know, reprioritize my time knowing that I don't have to think about this. And she's now empowered to run with that decision uh, because she knows where I stand. Right. Right. That seems really helpful. Right. What, what are the other three pillars? All right. The other three pillars uh, we have. Uh, healthy tension, so finding ways for healthy tension. sorry. Uh, the other three pillars, EOS component alignment, uh -huh. showing love and education. So it's educating okay. ourselves. What do you wanna do next? We'll do education, we'll do okay. education. So um, the top two, ten, it really, it's, it's read together and then take time to get to know each other. So the read together, we are doing every assessment, right? So the, the, the rule three, we are doing all the assessments. We know each other's, the, the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, the any way for us to understand each other a little bit better. All of the rocket fuel, Patrick Lencioni books, like it, we, we really find uh, the, yeah, the crystallizer index. We find the more that we are having a shared this read together. Yeah, read like together. You read, like you're reading the same books at the same mm -hmm. times or doing the same assessment at the same time. So you could, I don't know, discuss it or like see, yep. see what you want to do with that information. Like I just read Netflix's No Rules Rules book and like, you know, how does that, you know, what do we like from that? And you both are, are thinking about the same things. Yep. We find that in order to have such a strong relationship, we need to be on the same page about a lot of things, not just the, the things in our business, but the way that we think and the reason why we think certain things. So both in taking these assessments together and discussing them, we learn more about each other, even tiny little things that, that help us understand like, oh, that's why she reacted the way she did, or that's why yeah. I'm as crazy as I am. Um, and, and then also the, the books just take it to an, another personalized level where we can relate or not relate and discuss. And it's just a relationship building tool um, so that we can continue to be as aligned as possible and, and move our business forward. Well, I would love to hear like if you have any examples or stories on that. 
I'll just, if you're thinking about it, I just had one that came to mind where, where I mentioned that book, Netflix, No Rules Rules. I had an integrator I was working, a visionary I was working with who, uh, who suggested that book and, you know, was like, like, you know, going through that, you know, that month where he was obsessed with that book, you know, mm-hmm. and everything they talked about. And uh, so because I almost immediately read about it, read it when I, or started reading it when I heard him, you know, suggesting it, I got it on Audible. I just, you know, went ahead and started. Um, so, and then he would say things in meetings or we were talking about things that I could see that that's where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to be a lot better communicating or seeing where it was coming from or else we could approach something or whatever, uh, just from the fact that I was, I had in my mind that I was reading the same thing that, that he was reading. Mm-hmm. I was reading a book with uh, the Female Integrator Mastermind Organization. We, we do some peer reading together. And I was reading a book, uh, the Make the Noise Go Away. And so mm-hmm. I read two pages. I said, Tyler, buy this. We're reading this together. And it's, it's a non-EOS visionary integrator relationship. And I think mm-hmm. with reading together, they, you, you, you explore some of those like shared vocabulary, those phrases, those coin phrases that now we can talk to each other. So the whole look, Make the Noise Go Away is... Um, for a visionary, sometimes there's so much noise in their head, they can't go through. So an integrator's job is really to clear some of that noise out of the visionary's mind so they can focus on their visionary role. And so going through that text together, we're like, yes, that totally resonates with me or no, that doesn't resonate with me. Very cool. What's the other education one? The other one is the take time to get to know each other. And so I, Tyler can talk about all the fun stuff he wants to do. Like, uh, I'll let you tell that, but the, the one that we did, I, I made this crazy tool where I listed 15 motivators and we had to independently assess them one through 15 of what motivates us as people. Is it financial? Uh-huh. Is it personal pride? Is it ambition? And then I put them together and Tyler and I, we laughed because the biggest points of friction in our relationship was because our motivators were polar opposite. Yeah. And so it was cool because then we could say, Hey, this is a really high recognition is a really high motivator for me, less for him. And realizing that those were the, we weren't, it's kind of like the love language theory. We weren't answering their own motivators and love language in order to really push forward. It's so important as a, as a leader of a team and as a member of a team to understand the people you are playing with, the people that you work with on a daily basis so that you can communicate in a way that helps them stay motivated, that helps them continue to, to push the, doll, the ball down the road. And little little experiments and experiences like that just continue to, to help us better understand each other and understand our team. So all the things we're talking about, it's not just Nicole and I, we utilize with our, our team out here. Um, and it's, it's helped in, in every possible way from retention to growth, uh, and it's been rewarding for for everyone to sort of buy into this idea that relationships do matter. And the more you work on them, the the more benefit you get from them. Right. That's uh, it's all like, yeah, I mean, everything you're saying is totally, I, I guess, intuitive. You know, it's just like, you know, why don't we do it just because we didn't do it before. So we're not doing it now. Like, Prioritizing like, it. like it's good ideas. Uh-huh. Uh, what about EOS components? Yeah, the, the three three rules around the yes component. The first one is just committing to meeting Pulse. We, the, the second COVID hit earlier this year, Tyler and I got on the phone and we, we were panicking, but we said, we are not going to miss a single meeting. 
can we commit through the rest of this year? Because we know that we, whenever we miss a meeting, when things get busy, that's when him and I get completely out of sync and we start fighting with like nitpicking at each other. And so that, that whole commitment to the meeting post and just making it unmovable has mm -hmm. been so important to us. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes so easy to deprioritize. Like, are you kidding? You want to have L10 today? Like the the country just shut down. <laughs> the house is on fire. <laughs> the house is on fire. And and in those moments, it's like, wait, the L10 is the only thing we can do because right. it's going to allow us to unpack some of these issues as opposed to just freaking out about them. Yeah. And I think, I think even the meeting before the meeting too. So obviously the chats with the leadership team have been pretty sizable, pretty cosmic this last year. And Tyler and I got into a habit about just doing a quick 15 minute sync, make sure we're on the same page, make sure we know SFDs, make sure we have one to cares down. So when we go in, it doesn't look like we aren't aligned. We realize right. who's going to run what. Right, right. All right. What's next on the uh, EOS components? I, I, I'm, I'm like getting excited. We're like able to cover some ground here. I thought we we're going to like get like caught in like one or two, but you guys are so efficient. Yeah. Absolutely. The, this one we, we giggle about a lot. Don't use visionary integrators as a crutch. We hear so often in the EOS community, oh, that's just my visionary. Oh, that's just my integrator. And it's always synonymous with like elevator, uh, it, in, integrators are like the killer of dreams, right? We, we just, just ruin everyone's day. <laughs> and visionary is, let me take you into the sky, but follow through, not so great. And so what Tyler and I said is there's no excuses. We just have to take accountability and I need to show up in a more creative, risk-friendly way. And he needs to show up in a more disciplined follow-through way when we need each other to do that and not using those definitions as a crutch. Tyler, do you, do you have any departments besides being visionary? Uh, marketing. Oh, so you have Which has is, been fun, but also has required me to Because that's partly up. when it comes up for me is when the visionary is also sitting in a seat on the leadership team. At the end or of even the lower than that, or even lower than a, even in a seat, a salesman, even under the head of sales, you know, like. Mm -hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, we are responsible for leading this company, right? And that means a lot of different things. And if we, if we pigeonhole ourselves into a specific role too deeply, then we're not doing what's best for Rocket Clicks. And so at the end of the day, yes, I am considered our visionary and Nicole is considered our integrator. But we have to make that role our own and we have to be able to be okay with stepping outside of our selves or, or not using it as a crutch so that we can continue to push things forward. Mm -hmm. All right. That's amazing. Let's, let's do one more if, if, you, right. if you have time. Yep. Seven. So number seven is we've been... Uh, clearly define the accountability chart box. We, we wanted to out of the box, pull out EOS best practice for what a visionary box and an integrator box. But we realized there's a couple roles like Tyler with culture or me with uh, like client relationships. We just, they're just not strength zones. Like I'm really passionate about company culture and Tyler has the best relationships with our clients. So what we started to do, it took us a while, but we swapped some of those roles and responsibilities and we've never been happier because we're working, even though it doesn't fall in line perfectly with that traditional integrator visionary box, right. we know where those lie, the strengths lie. Right. So you're saying, right. Like, like typically I think the official, you know, EOS version of the accountability chart has like culture under the visionary mm -hmm. and what's the, uh -huh, and the client relations you're saying would more be like account management, which would be somebody under the integrator. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Or sales, which would be under the integrator. Oh, P and L. 
So PNL reporting. So Tyler has direct line of sight with owner. And so Tyler actually does a lot more of the PNL ownership. We worked uh -huh. at it together, but we realized we had to really flip that if it was going to work with our relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. To work to your strengths. I assume you did Clifton Strengths Finder or Gallup or whatever it's called. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> One of the many. Giving yourself permission to float outside of those boxes if it aligns with your strengths right. and, and betters the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. That's amazing. What, what, well, so what's next for like, what's next on the horizon for rocket clicks? Why'd you guys decide to do the EOS conference sponsorship where, I don't know, what, what, what does the future look like for you guys? You know, like I said, we've been really lucky to experience great growth during the last few years. And, and we believe it's a lot to, to do with our relationships here internally, the culture that Nicole has built, but also EOS as a platform and as a system has, has provided a great framework for our growth. We've been sponsors of the EOS conference for the last two years. And what we're wow. finding is that- yeah, This will be my first one. I didn't realize oh, that, sorry. No, no worries. Yeah. Uh, talking with like-minded individuals and working with other EOS businesses, we've found so many efficiencies in the work that RocketClicks does, but also the benefit that it provides EOS companies. Because we have a shared language, because we have a shared vision as to what we all want our companies to be, we can, we can run faster and, and speak clearer than other agencies who don't understand EOS. And so we have right. a, a number of clients that practice EOS and that we've met at the EOS conference. And as a result, we're developing a solution just for EOS companies uh, because of the shared language. They're our favorite partners, hands down. There's accountability, there's data, there's a great meeting pulse already established. Like that's just part of their everyday life. And so it's like, yeah, we don't have to ever chase anyone's partner down for stuff because they are holding, they have the right people in the right seat delivering the right work. It, it's just really a dream for us working with the US companies. Right, and you have like, you know, it's like, well, what, you know, where does what we do fit in? Which one of your measurables, which one of your rocks does that fit into? What's this, last thing, what's this product that you're talking about briefly uh, that's special for EOS companies. It, and isn't, I apologize, product's the wrong word. It's, it's more of just a mindset and a solution where we say, okay, well, when we work with an EOS company, we know that they're looking at measurables. We know that they have a scorecard. So we're already thinking proactively about what are those scorecard metrics? What is our meeting pulse gonna look like as it, as it relates to our relationship and marketing? How does their marketing seat fit in with our team? And so if we can come to the table when we know that a client is practicing EOS with some of those already predefined, that allows the relationship to kick off that much stronger. And we're actually able to plug into EOS solutions, like an accountability chart box. Um, a, a, you know, we, we love traction tools, but we, we've worked with clients in both 90.0 and traction tools. And so it's just cool. We're able to really plug into the EOS system and understand what they need from a week to week basis and deliver that. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, look, I, I really enjoy this conversation. I think that it's particularly nice because I, I appreciate you guys' uh, candor, vulnerability, and you know, and you know, and some of these extremely useful tools and house rules uh, that you shared. Uh, obviously, people can go to RocketClicks.com. Uh, again, digital marketing, SEO. Everything from I guess like first contact to you know to when when they come into your system as a lead. Um, 
if I'm getting that right, correct me if I'm wrong. And, uh, and as uh, so you can reach out to them at rocketclicks.com. And, you know, obviously I'm sure they would love to hear from you and any other visionaries or integrators out there. And I uh, really, really appreciate you coming on and appreciate the, just a great conversation. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. All right. And thank you guys. And we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thanks. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.